There is a handout, a half sheet that has the drama times and uh, it has all of that on it and you are welcome. It is out in the back. In fact, uh, you're welcome to take one, two, three, pass them out. Uh, there are some uh, smaller cards and then there's also a half sheet. So uh, whatever and invite someone and if you have trouble registering you can call but you're uh, we're uh, obviously anybody can come without registering but we're trying to uh, keep track so we kind of know uh, what serve how many are planning on being here and and uh, then possibly where uh, we would be able to um, invite them later if we had another uh, event that um, that we thought they would be interested in. So um, <clears throat> anyway, don't forget all of those announcements and all of that uh, that is sort of uh, going on. And and I and I'm very serious about praying for us, um, praying for uh, of course our family. And uh, I know we've had. Uh, a lot of guests, a lot of people. We did not know the Lees were going to come at this time, and yet they were making a trip because of Purpose Institute, and it's too far to go not to add days and add uh, people. And so uh, all of these things kind of uh, hit us all at the same time. So uh, ask the Lord to bless. We're having a good service next Sunday, Easter Sunday morning. We hope you'll be here and it'll be a good time of worship and uh, Resurrection Sunday. Of course, today is Palm Sunday and the ups and downs of this week are kind of like the roller coaster of the weather we've had. You know, it, you come out and it's sunny and uh, in 15 minutes it uh, looks like the bottoms are going to drop out and then 10 minutes later you have to grab hold of the car to keep from uh, blowing away and then uh, it rains and then it stops and then it's sunny and then anyway, that this was the kind of week that of course was what we call the Passion Week, the Holy Week. They came in to Jerusalem on today is called Palm Sunday. Everybody raise your palms. We ought to, ought to have a palm uh, <coughs> time, you know, that we raise our hands. And they threw them at the Lord's feet. They worshiped. And uh, then, of course, all the things that happened. And Brother Lee talked somewhat about uh, <coughs> the Last Supper uh, that they celebrated together. And um, that was, uh, of course, um, <clears throat> getting ready for Passover. And Passover, to fully understand it, you can read it in the New Testament only, but <clears throat> most of us recognize that Passover literally was started in the Old Testament in the land of Egypt. It was in the land of Egypt where the festival, if you will, the feast, and they called it a feast of Passover. And the Lord told them, of course, they had had nine plagues. There had been this battle of the gods, if you would, 
and they were told that they should take a lamb and they had specifications of one lamb per household and they had if you were too small of a household you could join with another small household and you took a lamb at least a year old and you were to slaughter the lamb cut the lamb's throat and catch the blood in a basin and then you were they were instructed to take hyssop hyssop a uh, very small brushy like plant and they were to take this hyssop and they were to dip it in the blood and they were to put the blood on the doorpost on the sides of the door and on the mantle or the the top of the door so the blood was to be placed uh, here on each side and then the blood was applied to the top now the important aspect of this that a lot of times we don't talk about when we talk about Passover is that they were then instructed to go in the house and they were to stay there and they were to have a meal there that lamb that had been slain was then prepared and it was prepared with herbs and with uh, <clears throat> they, uh, uh, no leavened bread, a flat bread like a matzah, unleavened. And then they were to eat that lamb that night. That lamb strength of that meat was going to have to sustain them for the next several days because not only were they told to eat that lamb in the house, but they were told to have their robes on, to have their shoes on their feet, to have their staff in their hand, be packed up and be ready to go because you're going to exit, Exodus, Egypt, on the strength of the lamb that is slain the Passover lamb. And they did. They ate it with their shoes on. They ate it with their robes on. They ate it packed up. And they ate it in, the Bible says, all of the household. And then they got ready and they left. So that story, and you can read the whole chapter. I didn't put all of that detail to read to you, but it's found in Exodus, the 12th chapter. It is the story of the Passover. It is, and there are some important issues there in the Passover. And, um, but it says that you shall take of the blood, strike it on the two side posts, on the upper post, and whereunto they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roasted with fire. They weren't allowed to boil it. They were, had to roast it with fire and unleavened bread. This was uh, the unleavened bread. Just, uh, <clears throat> anybody know what, I know, we'll, we'll, well, uh, I'll get to that in a moment, sorry. Unleavened bread. Uh, in that night, roast with fire, unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. <clears throat> 
Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, nor roast with fire. Uh, and guess what? You were to eat his head, the legs, the entire thing. Let nothing of it remain until the morning. You ate and ate and ate. That's why I said if it was too small of a house, you joined to another house because you were going to have to consume the entire lamb. Nothing was to be left. No bones were to be broken, <clears throat> but it was totally consumed. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, if there was anything left, you burned it with fire. <clears throat> and thus you shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, <clears throat> I, my wife and I have been privileged to celebrate a Seder or a Passover uh, with a Reformed Jewish church on several different occasions. And we were invited by the rabbi there and um, we were allowed because they were not uh, conservative and they were reformed, they could invite guests. And they, uh, we did. We sat at the meal, ate the bitter herbs. It was like a parsley. You dipped it in salt water, which was represented in the tears. And they talked all about the bitterness of what was going on in Egypt. And then there were four times that you were to drink the juice four occasions. Each one of those occasions, there was a different Hebrew word that goes along with the Torah writing of the Passover. And I didn't give you the Hebrew words, but you can, I can give them to you. And the first Hebrew word is that I am thanking God that he has taken me out of the Egyptian culture. Because it's a cultural way of life. They do things differently than the Hebrews. They speak a different language. They like different things. They have different values. Right. Now that doesn't apply to us. I'm talking about the original Passover. Thank God that I have been removed from the Egyptian culture. The next thing that they thanked God for, a different Hebrew word, was I am thankful that he saved my life from destruction. You remember they were slaves, there were taskmasters, they were bent on you're going to work for us, do for us, you're going to serve us. The culture of this world is going to steal, kill. Don't think for one moment that the enemy is thankful that you have a marriage that is, you're not fighting all the time. That you're not, got issues going on. Huh? Amen. As much as he can cause issues and problems, he will do it. He is bit on destruction. And, and I know I, we were 
all horrified this week with the tragedy that struck in Nashville. And I'm not making a political statement other than why take it out on children? That's a spirit that gets behind these folks. And they don't recognize where it's coming from, but I will tell you where it's coming from. It's the steal, kill, and destroy spirit, and it is prevalent in our world today. You ought to be thankful that I can be saved from a path of destruction. The Bible even talks about young men and young people and how that they didn't realize it was for their life when they start down a path. I can't tell you how many people I've counseled that tell me, Pastor, I got started when I was eight. I got started when I was 10. I got started when I was 15. I got started when I was... And now I've been 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years... Oh, thank God we can be saved today from that spirit of destruction. The third thing, different Hebrew word, that the slavery, the bondage, just the fact that the, the, the world, the enemy, wants to get you in bondage. He wants you to be bound to something. You have to do this. You have to have a drink. You have to have whatever. You have to do it in order to have, this is my stress relief. This is my coping mechanism. This is my, that's a lie. You don't have to have that. The Lord came to set the captives free and whom the Son hath set free. And yet we are living in a society that is bound by so many (coughs) issues and things. And then the fourth one, uh, another word that the Jews <coughs> rejoice, we had to drink juice four different times, was a Hebrew word that says, I will give you a national and spiritual identity. Because while the Jews were ste- <coughs> speaking Hebrew and they knew how to speak uh, the language and they understood all of these things, guess what? They didn't have a Bible yet. They didn't have a Torah. They, were, they had gone down there as one family. And now the Lord was saying, I'm bringing you out as a nation, as a big family. <clears throat> and now you have a spiritual identity. So those four things are part of Passover and you read in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, uh, uh, it'll show you what I'm saying here, but it says in fourth chapter, the 20th verse, but the Lord hath taken you, brought you forth out of the iron furnace. Some of y'all are too young to remember, but we used to sing a song, he brought me out of the miry clay. I want to tell you, he has taken us out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people 
of inheritance. Wow, what a privilege to know I'm a part of the family of God. I can have an inheritance. You say, well, my family disowned me. I'm here to tell you, you can have an inheritance of streets of gold, gates of pearl. You've got a land. He said, as you are this day, verse 34, or hath God essayed to go down and take him a nation from the midst of another nation? That Hebrew phrase, a nation from another nation, it was as if Egypt was going to give birth to the Jewish people by temptations, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm, by great terrors, according to all the Lord God did for you in Egypt (coughs) before your eyes. And so this was the kind of word that they were hearing when they said, you know what? Uh, We are, uh, the Lord is going to bring us out. Now, this was not a new thing. In fact, when all the way back in Genesis, the 15th chapter, when Abraham was first hearing from the Lord, the Lord told him, know of a surety that thy seed shall a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. Also, this nation which they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards they shall come out with great substance. So this was prophesied. They went down into Egypt, and then for 400 years, the family, the nation grew. And now, because of the taskmasters, they were being at, they were going to leave, and the Lord had sent. Uh, the plagues. And now the 10th plague was going to be the death of the firstborn. And the key was you had to stay in the house. You had to stay in the house. The blood was applied. I want to tell you something. There's a whole sermon, I guess, that you could preach on. Are you in the house or aren't you in the house? And if not, are you better get in the house? Because let me tell you, the blood, you apply the blood of the, and I know our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, but you know, somehow you didn't come out that night, although there were screams going on, although they could hear as, as neighbors woke up and they could, they found their children dead and they heard screams. They heard the sound of people running out, looking for a doctor, looking for someone, knocking on doors. Can you come help my little baby? My baby, I can't wake my baby up. And they heard all of that. And their job was to stay in in the house, in the midst of the turmoil that was going on and the chaos in Egypt. And let me tell you what our job is in this hour is to make sure we stay firmly in the house of the Lord and in the presence of God in the midst of all the chaos. You say, well, I need to talk about it. I need to address it on Facebook. I need to put in my two cents. No, let me tell you what you need to do is stay full of the presence of Almighty God. Keep eating the lamb. Keep eating the unleavened bread. Keep drinking the juice. What are you you saying here? First Corinthians, it goes back. 
1 Corinthians says, uh, sorry, uh, we, we somehow got too far. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians says, but of him are you in Christ. Paul was basically saying, when you apply the blood to your life, you're supposed to get in him. This is why you hear me say, if you're struggling with something, remember you are in Christ. So ask Jesus, Lord, would you like to, you think we should go here? Lord, what do you think? Should I be looking at this? Lord, what do you think? Should I be partaking of this? Because if you are in Christ, you understand what I'm saying? That's why we say this is not a religion because it's not something you leave after Sunday morning service. And you go back to the chaos of the world and you try to handle it on your own. It's something that you stay in Christ. This is why starting the day, he says, make sure you open it up, Lord. Be with me today. Go with me. Walk with me. I want to stay in you. If you don't want me to go there, If you don't want me to do that, am I telling, you know, is the Lord my co-pilot or is the Lord the pilot? You know, some folks, the Lord's the co-pilot. You know, and you can just imagine. You know, they're dragging the Lord around. Here, sit up on this bar stool, Lord, and tell me, what do you think? Hallelujah. I don't think he's into that. Something tells me that that's not where he'd like to be right now. But anyway, he says, Paul told him, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens a whole lump. What what is leaven for you ladies that are baking or baked bread? What is leaven? Yeast. You can get it dry. You can activate it put it in a little warm water. And what does it do? Makes it right. And guess what? It's a whole lot softer. You hear that? Did you hear that? You can't take a fresh slice of Wonder Bread and do that. Now, I know some of you like to take that nice soft bread and put it in the toaster and make it crunch because, well, it just tastes better. In fact, you know, it's like if you make sourdough bread in a Dutch oven, they say you put an ice cube in it so the water will make the texture on the edge of the sourdough crispy. I know, I... I, I, I've heard, picked up on all these tricks. I don't use them, but I know. 
get that crunch on the outside, but nice and soft on the inside from that yeast rising. All right. Now, when you say, Pastor, how many of us prefer <laughs> hard situations that are feel like you've been pounded or would prefer something nice and soft and I want to live for God easy. Huh? I want a little slice of light bread. That's what I want. <laughs> White bread, light bread, whatever you want to call it. I like it, you know, nice and soft. But he said, he goes on with this verse. Let me tell you what leaven is. I know it's a type of sin, but you know what he says? Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened for Christ our Passover. Notice that. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. This is in Corinthians New Testament. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Little truth, honesty, realness. He said, I would rather you be real and honest about where you are, what you're doing, where you're going through, than for you to get angry and frustrated and then turn to wickedness. He said, because all of that sin will eat you up. First Peter says for something very similar. For as much as you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your conversation by tradition of your fathers, from your vain conversation, but by the precious blood of Jesus of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That lamb was a type of Christ. That lamb had no uh, it, was, uh, it, it was without blemish, without spot. And not only did the blood have to be applied, that's the juice, but also the flesh. That's the sort of the body, if you will. And, and we had to eat that. And then hyssop, which is the smallest plant, First Kings in the Old Testament talks about it being a small plant. And the least of all trees is hyssop. And that reminds me, what is hyssop a type of? It's a type of faith. Remember what the Lord said? Faith, you don't need a whole lot. The song says, use what you got. But he said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you don't have to have a whole lot of faith that you can... Well, I believe I can do it. I believe I can fly. I believe I can conquer. I believe if you will just come and fill up on the presence of the Lord, it's not about what you can do. It's not about what you are able. Amen. You say, I don't have the willpower. I don't have the strength. I've tried it and I've tried it and I don't have faith. And you know what the Lord is saying? If you would fill up on me, Greater is he that is in you 
If you paint that blood on your heart, you don't have to have a whole lot of faith, just something to dip in the blood, no broken bones. That's why Jesus' bones weren't broken. Unleavened bread, herbs, a type of sin, and the herbs were to remind you of the bitterness of this world. And it was eaten in the house, your loins girded, ready for to leave, and then the Bible says they left in ranks like an army. They left. They were not an army. They had never, they didn't even have weapons. They didn't have swords and shields and spears. The Egyptian government was stupid, but not that stupid. You don't arm your slaves. Huh? Huh? You don't give them, you know, I mean, and we supply arms around the world, but Egypt was smarter than we are. You understand? These people did not, all they had was a wooden stick. But you know what? With God, and a wooden stick, we could march out of there as an army. And when you read here, let me, I'm almost done. Exodus, the 12th chapter, the 19th verse, seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he's a stranger or born in the land. This was a memorial, and he said, you eat unleavened bread. Why? To remind you, this is a sinless person, and I, don't, I need to watch what I'm doing. 43rd cha- verse, same tw- 12th chapter. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. No stranger shall eat thereof. Every man's servant that is bought for money, when you've circumcised him, when he's part of the covenant, then he can eat. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat. If the only reason you're doing all of this is because, well, I, I don't really, I don't know if I believe it. I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's not going to change your life but if you will say Lord I want to apply your blood to my heart and life I want to be part of the covenant wow what a privilege he said in one house it shall be eaten and uh Thou shalt carry forth the flesh out of the house, neither break a bone. The congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger sojourns with thee, keeps the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Let them come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. For even strangers were allowed to come if they got in the covenant. No uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. That was a sign of the covenant. One law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourns among you. Thus did all the children of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass on that selfsame day the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. In the New Testament this week on Passover, the Lord took bread and he broke it. And he gave and ate. He gave thanks. Paul describes it in Corinthians 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it, said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped, he said, The cup is the New Testament in my blood. <clears throat> this do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause there are many that are weak and sickly among you, many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Today we're going to celebrate communion. And the ushers are going to pass through. And I know probably easier to stay right where we are and let them pass through and they'll give you a communion cup. And they'll give you a, it'll have a wafer in it and it will have juice. There also, you have a, a olive wood cup that we got this past November in Bethlehem. Some of you were with me when went to the shop. We ordered it from olive wood that was made in Bethlehem. I didn't sterilize them and steam them all, so we're not putting the communion in it. But you can take it home if you want to wash it and have communion again. That's fine. Or just keep it as a souvenir on your mantle. Why? Why are you doing that? Because we need to never forget every year at least Passover. Maybe more than once I need to have that cup on my mantle where I get ready to shave in the morning or get ready to put my phone out on alarm. I need to have it to remind me, Lord, one day you bled and died so that I could be redeemed from destruction. I don't have to live my life the course of this world. I can be set free. I can, who am nobody, can be part of a nation, the kingdom of God. It's not just me alone. I'm part of the family of God. Go ahead, ushers. They're going to start <coughs> passing out the olive wood cups. Would you stand? We're going to stand. We're fixing to pray for one another. want to come to the front you may but we're going to we just thought it would be easier to get everyone served some of these have top and a bottom and Obviously, don't open the bottom juice until you open the top to get the bread out. Go ahead, sing, Sister Shostra. I would be hopeless.
without your goodness i would be desperate without your love slave to the darkness if it wasn't for the cross you have won me with your kindness you chased me down when I was lost. And where would I be if it wasn't for the cross? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. first for myself. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me. I pray for my wife, my family, my children, my grandchildren, my parents. I pray, God, you will cleanse us. I want to get rid of all the leaven, all of the malice, all of the frustration, all of the things that would get me off track. I pray for a healing touch. Hallelujah in our home. I pray, God, that you will heal David. I pray, God, you will touch Caleb. I pray, God, you will work in David Guy's life. I pray, God, and in this situation, I pray, Lord, for Tegan and Siobhan. I pray for our grandchildren. I pray, Lord, that you will move. And God, I pray for this church body. I pray for this cast. I pray for those that are going to be preaching Friday night and Saturday, Saturday night and Sunday morning. I pray, God, you will let us be a lighthouse. We know that we're part of the family. We, because of your blood, because of your grace, because of your mercy, because of your body, I pray, God, right now that you will make us a lighthouse, that somebody can feel what it is to be redeemed from the destructor. I don't have to have my life destroyed. Because of your blood, because of your blood, because of your blood. 